Ahora sí, acaba de sorprender el Cruz Azul, campeón de la liguilla. La afición no se la crean, está feliz, campeón y ya era hora. Ahora sí, acaba de sorprender el Cruz Azul, campeón de la liguilla. La afición no se la crean, está feliz, campeón y ya era hora. Se acabó la sal de 23 años, también sus errores de 23 años, ese sí fue un logro de 23 años, ahora es el campeón. Se acabó la sal de 23 años, también sus errores de 23 años, ese sí fue un logro de 23 años, ahora es el campeón. Ya ganó, es campeón. Y no hay cruz azuleada, no se la creen, y sienten algo extraño, felices se abrazan y van a celebrar. And with that, we are kicking off episode 287 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They've done ah. it. La cruz azulada is over. Cruz Azul is campeón. Joel, how are we doing today? Oh man, I'm doing good and I'm I'm actually happy for for the um for the Blue Cross and for all the Cement Mixer fans. I have some really good friends that are Cruz Azulinos. Um, it was fun, all the, all the bullying, all the memes. It was fun while it lasted, Jaime. Yeah, now I'm kind of bummed out. Like, well, who are we going to start bullying now? You know? <laughs> What's the team no, with I, the with the biggest <laughs> draw besides the obvious well, Atlas? It's been Atlas, but since they've been out of the picture, as far as like Grande, you know, well, yeah. they're one of the somewhat historic just because they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. But but I guess they don't they don't court that much attention. Um, yeah, probably Pumas because. When we when we see the traditional for big, you know the the cuatro grandes. The, um, so it's changed. It used to be it used to be Cruz Azul with the at the top with the twenty three years dry spell. Now it's Pumas who are at ten years, and um, followed by Chivas with four, and I believe America at three. Cruz Azul now. They reset the counter. They're zero. Yeah, I think if you look at the big four or now the big six, if you want to throw in Tigres and what Toluca, maybe. Um, uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely Pumas. They're kind of the elephant in the room now. Yeah. Yeah, they're the team that, and and you know, it's it's they're kind of having some of the same issues as Chivas with the whole. They don't have the money to compete with 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 these bigger clubs, you know that that can spend more, can open the checkbook, and just bring in four or five big names. Well, maybe not big names, but like top players, really good players. Yeah, um, I don't know why it doesn't feel as long for Pumas. Maybe because they were in the final last year, or last season, rather. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's just because they've kind of flown under the radar. You know, we've had so many heartbreaking and entertaining matches uh, for Cruz Azul. You know, runner-up, 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 runner-up. They're like the Buffalo Bills of Liga Mekis, except much, much <laughs> worse. And uh, I guess, you know, it's just... It's just uh, at this time, it's just numbers. You're just playing the numbers game. Eventually, you're going to win a final, and you happen to play against a team that was, I mean, not considered a big obstacle. And not to disrespect Santos Laguna, but if you were going to win a final, this was going to be the final to win against a team that yeah. doesn't have as much experience. We're not... It know, was, yeah, ex- exactly there, yeah. Jaime, with the experience, because they were the youngest squad in the in the league. Yeah, and uh, you know we were <laughs> we were enjoying the memes. It was like Homer Simpson, you know, and Cruz Azul going for the ninth title when they're little kids, and then Santos going for their first title, and then like <laughs> twenty four years pass, and and all of a sudden Santos have they're going for their seventh title, and Cruz Azul is still going for their ninth. So it's it's crazy, man. 
yeah, it's man, it's it's a long it was a long wait for a lot of the for a lot of the fans, but I guess they could rejoice now and and you know, one of the things I wanted was because I, I wanna see more more teams that are you know, more more top teams in Max, not just not just be stuck at four. You know, I, I think the more teams that are successful that, that invest the better. Uh, obviously better for competition. And and this is one of the things we're seeing with Cruz Azul is their new directiva. They got rid of the the Billy Alvarez who had pretty much taken control of the club for many years. And um, you know, I, I, this this new board it seems like seems like they know what they're doing. Um, so it's I'm very excited to see what's in store for you know. Gonna see Cruz Azul right there. They're gonna continue making noise, or was this just, just a one-off? You know, but I, I'm more ex- hopeful that it's the latter and that they're gonna be one of those teams. And and when we see Liguilla, we're gonna see all these like big matchups. You know, because because you have uh, you you mentioned Toluca, but but then uh, as as the big six, but we could throw Monterrey as well, just because. You know how much money they spend to make sure the have really competitive squad. Absolutely, and to give you know Monterrey a little bit of credit, they've done a really good job winning uh, international titles with the Conca Champions um, with Vucetich, who we're waiting for him to do something for Chivas, but we'll get there later <laughs> on in the podcast. Kind of just to brief briefly recap the the final. You know, Santos at home were the aggressive team as expected, the offensive team as expected, but Cruzul parked the bus and managed to get an away goal. Uh, the away goal doesn't matter in the final, for those that were wondering. And then in the Azteca on Sunday, it was actually Santos very aggressive from the get-go, and they ended up scoring the 37th minute. And I'll tell you, Joel, for a brief second, I could see the fear in the eyes I saw Chewy Corona. I saw some of these players that had been here before, and it just started to feel like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> here it comes. But <laughs> I don't know what happened at halftime. I don't know what Juan Reynoso did. Uh, I'm assuming while everybody was sitting in the locker room, he went around and slapped each individual player <laughs> and just he smacked them around the head. He smacked them around. He told them, be a man, you know, and – this is this is the the winning factor right here. He had been here before as a player, as the captain of Cruz Azul in '97. He is, if anyone knows how to win, it's this guy, and that's exactly what he did to, uh, at, at Cruz Azul. That's exactly why they hired him. And whatever he said in that locker room changed things around. They end up scoring uh, Cabecita Rodriguez. On a controversial goal, I'm gonna throw it out there. It looked offside to me. Uh, because there was two players involved, and the ball was sort of lobbed in there, and the player that was offside also attempted to go at the ball. Instead, it's uh, Cabecita Rodriguez who takes the ball, and uh, Acevedo just, you know, he tried to close out the angle. He came out really, really fast to try and stop the goal, but they ended up scoring, and then that's when the entire stadium, all the fans started singing, and it, you could just feel this huge relief, like, okay, this is going to happen. We're going to win the match. Like, we're finally going to win this. Um, but the fans, they kind of waited until the 85th minute to really start celebrating because they've been here before. They have been literally two minutes away from winning the title and losing it. So they waited very precautiously to start really celebrating. And at the end, it was just tears. Tears everywhere, man. Everybody was crying. And I'm like, man, they've suffered. Yeah. Well, this was the thing. Um, the the player that was offside when the pass was sent, he didn't touch the ball. Yeah, he didn't touch it. Yeah, exactly. So if he would have touched it, that would have I think it would have been automatic. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's I don't know because they always change and update the rules, and then sometimes they leave it up to the discretion of the of the ref. Uh, of, of the ref, but at the same time, he wasn't obstructing anyone. So in my book, I allow it. I allow it, Jaime. Like I didn't touch it. The other dude came mm. in and he 
they they didn't knock anyone down. They didn't really, you know, that guy wasn't really, didn't end up like, I, I would say he, he did not end up being a factor in, in the goal. The way I see it is like, it could have gone either way. It could have been disqualified or, you know, it, again, it, it goes back to like the referee's discretion. You know, I went on Twitter after the game. Uh, there's a big Twitter account by the name of, uh, I think it's BR soccer or football. And, you know, they, they always like to, you know, they, they, they sometimes will talk about Liga Mekis, but like, congratulations to Cruz Azul. And, and I, I went in there troll mode, like, oh, congratulations. You guys played like shit and you got an offside goal that counted. And dude, I got so many responses. They're like, this was not offside. Here's the rule. Here's the screenshot. I'm like, yo, like <laughs> chillax, bro. Like. You know, at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, 10, 20 years from now, no one's ever going to like think about that moment. They're going to think about the title that they won in 2021 and that's all that matters that they got their ninth star. Um, yeah, and, and this is the other interesting thing. Um the guy that gave the pass for the goal was a Peruvian. Really? So Reynoso's, Reynoso's Peruvian and uh this guy Yotun. It's a weird name. <laughs> so Yotun gave the pass. He gave the pass for Cabecita, and and that was that led to the goal. And the guy that was offside was that was my boy Paul Fernandez. Oh, and it was a, it was about it's an Argentine guy, and it was about two years ago. I remember when um, Cruz Azul brought him in, and I was like, let me take a look at who this guy is. Now seeing his career in Argentina, and I was like. Man, everywhere this guy goes, his teams ends up fighting for championships. Like this guy's like a talisman. He started and at was, a Boca. And I was yeah, but he was like kind of, kind of some of those players that kind of like they kind of fall off the radar. Yeah, they get loaned out. And, and they're yeah. they're not like that known, but at the same time, <laughs> they're always like fighting for a campeonato. So it's like, yeah, they don't suck. I mean, they're just not. For whatever reason, they're just not on the they're spotlight. Just, they're just winners, man. And and so I was I was like I was looking at his stats and I was like these are really good stats, you know. This guy could be one of the surprise of the league. And I was you know pumping sunshine and I was telling cheekies and I wish he would have been here, collaborate. And um, he got injured that first season. He got injured. He couldn't really couldn't really play. And then the following season, I think that's when the the whole shakeup came in, when they booted Pelayas, and they sent him back to Boca on loan. Oh wow! And he won. He wins with Boca. <laughs> he goes. He goes to Boca, and he ends up winning the, the Argentine Super League. And uh, they wanted to keep him, but I guess. And I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Um, How interesting. I'm guessing what's his face Reynoso brought him back. You know, I'm guessing if they if they weren't gonna put money, you know, because now it's a, you know, Cruz Azul has been. They went from the whole Alvarez, where they would remember that famous quote, the one in ten years. There's been like a hundred players that Have didn't been even finish their con. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know these guys, I guess they're a bit more methodic with them and more. I guess um, I don't know what the word is here. Um, I'm at a loss for word time, but I guess with the money, you know, they're not they're not just going to be spending. Yeah, so I guess they brought him they brought him back, and there he is winning again. <laughs> he is he's winning again. So it's it's just these players. I'm, I, I, someone that I think comes to mind to me is uh, Gallito. You know how Gallito it, he was at, at Leon wins. They sent him to Chivas. He wins. Then they send him packing to uh, Santos, was it? And he wins. Yep, he wins. And so, <laughs> so he, then, then they said he didn't win at Chivas, but then they send him to Toluca, and, he, and, he's, and they were fighting for they were, the, they're, they're, they're contenders. So I mean, there's players like that, and I'm not saying that they're that reminds they me carry of, the team. Yeah, but but they're just they just you know whatever they contribute, they do it well, and it's good enough to help their team. Reminds me of uh, Bofa Bautista too. He he was like, mm. he went to like three or four teams in a row with uh, Morelia, yeah, Pachuca, and Chivas. Like he just went to like yeah. 
I want to say he went to like five, cons- like four or five consecutive finals in a row. Man, it was it was pretty crazy. I think yeah, I think at Morelia they played two in a row. Yeah, and then with Pachuca he played the third one. Yeah, he won it with Pachuca. He won it. He did. Buse was the coach. Oh. Yeah, Buse was the coach, and no they didn't get along. Way. Wow. Yeah, they did not get along. Uh, that was Fofo's <laughs> downfall. He he just had attitude problem. And that's kind of been his career, you know. At Chivas, there was a very beautiful, you know, career, and then he kind of fell out of favor with, uh, was it Chepo? Who was it at the time? Yeah, it was yeah. Chepo, but then he, he came back, mm-hmm. and they sent him out again. Yeah, they sent him out so, to Querétaro, you know, and then he ended up eliminating us in the big yeah. <laughs> Him and, like, hella other Chivas players. Like, I think, uh, I forgot the name of the goalkeeper. He was our backup goalkeeper. And he went, uh, Lebrijo or Le- Lebrija, or I forgot his name. But, yeah, he was the goalie, and he had, like, the best game of his life, of, of course, against Chivas. And I'm like, there should be a clause in there that if we ever play each other in, like, the playoffs, like, you aren't allowed to use our there lone is. Our or <laughs> or not, not just in playoffs, just any any official match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there is there is the club has to just draft it. But I mean, the other team could turn it down. <clears throat> so Cruz Azul, I mean, it's still hard for me to <laughs> to register no, they... in my brain. But you know, they won, <laughs> and uh, I'm just I'm just disappointed because like now it's like the fun's over. You know, all the memes are gone and. It's like, uh, who's going to be the next team that's going to, you know, go on this crazy, crazy, like, like, I don't yeah, know. I don't, think, I don't think we'll see it. I think if, if there's any team that could probably, I could probably, I would say, is between maybe Tigres and America. What's that? That, that can would, just like, go on a dry spot? No, they could court the enough attention that people would celebrate oh. them losing just because they there's that love hate, and so I do think those what? teams are the most. It's it's a it's such a tricky formula because you have to be relevant enough, meaning you have to be good enough to be in finals, but you also have to be bad enough to lose them. And like Cruz Azul was just this unicorn that would just really really consistent. And they were also really, really, you know, consistent in losing in the final, in the big game. And uh, you can't make memes about, like, Chivas because we're only there every 10 years, you know. And <laughs> you're right. It would have to be, like, a team like Tigres or Monterrey or America. Yeah, and, 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 what, yeah, and, and you know, Tigres. But they are a team that, that's playing campeonatos pretty often. They just brought in Piojo, and, and a lot of people love to hate that guy. And uh, and Ahmed too, mm. man. I know how much how much Ahmed being eliminated by Pachuca was celebrated. They had this wonderful season under Solari, and and it was messed up how it went crashing down. Uh, you know, fortunately, we could see the players decided to to party a bit too hard, and uh, it cost them. <laughs> but I, that's why I still think those two teams. But yeah, I think it, a lot of things factor into. You know some of that bad luck because some of those losses for Cruz Azul, man, some of them were pretty pretty brutal, man. I'm unfortunate as well for. <laughs> so speaking about Solari, Santiago Solari, Hugo Sanchez uh, recently was in Madrid, um, and he was on that really famous Spanish talk show. It's all Madridistas, and uh, he talked about Solari. He had a little chip on his shoulder because uh, Real Madrid are, well, Zidane decided to uh, leave at the end of the season and they were looking for a new coach. And, uh, you know, they were talking about Ugo, like, Ugo, man, like, don't you th- why don't you throw your name in the hat, you know, and why don't you raise your hand and say, hey, I'm here. And he's like, no, I talked to, you know, Florentino Perez and he already knows. And uh, he's... He's called up these people like Santiago Solari, who had no first team uh, experience. He only was with Castilla, you know. And uh, he calls up Zidane, who also didn't have any first team experience. And he's like, "Me, you know, I want to be Campeonato with Pumas, and I also coached at the national team level." 
and I got snubbed for these guys that had nothing on their resume. And I'm like, damn. And Ugo's Ugo, man. He 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 speaks his mind. And uh, do you think he was sort of like treated unfairly as far as like not even being like considered for the job? Mm. I mean, I know he's been inactive for like eight years, but. Um, yeah, I, I would think the fact that those guys were at the club, you know, they were they were working at the club. So I think that was that was one of the main factors, not so much as we trust these guys more than what Hulu could do, but more like um, what the club probably wanted to do, what, what Florentino, because there's a club that has... You know, they they usually like going after the really big names. You know, they go after like Mourinho and and Ancelotti, and they've always like gone after a big name coach. And I think um, you know, you know, cause cause what well, we some of the stuff we've seen happening where they just they owe so much money that it's probably at a point where it's like okay, we need to. We need to like uh, at least find find some options at least at the coaching, you know, so something that's gonna be cheap. So I think that it's easier for them to appoint in house than if yeah. it was to like reach out to Hugo and. No, oh, yeah, of course. Just just him being gone for so long. Yeah, I think if he would have stayed because he had gone and he had coached Almeria. Uh huh. I think had he stayed in Spain and and stayed there, but he he sort of like it seemed like he had retired because he was doing what well, is doing ESPN uh, mm-hmm. Fútbol Picante. So that's that's kind of it, man. I mean, you could talk to someone, but that could be just like that one thing, you know. It's not like how constant are you in contact? Yeah. I I'm and I guess I'm not really talking about this time around, but I remember I forgot when I forgot who ended up being coach, but I remember there was a time like when, while he was still active as coaching that there were like, you know, rumoring him to coach Madrid. Um, I think in the end they, they went for Ancelotti. I think it was like the first time. Um, yeah. Or maybe it was, uh, who's that Italian coach? I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Oof. Uh, he, he coached. He used uh, to coach Juventus. He coached England. Yeah, I know. Capello who you're or about. is it Capello? Yes. Yeah. No. Wait. It could be him. He coached Russia and they did yeah, really Fabio bad. Capello. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. Because yeah. I I remember Capello. he. It was like a long time ago that he he was like they had thrown Hugo's name in there and then he ended up getting stuck. Yeah, but see those yeah like Capello is big name. Yeah, you know, like he, he's kind of been, you know, kind of fallen off. But back then he was like one of the best coaches. Yeah, like if you were just to see his 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 win record was just out it's just insane. So. That's that's like one one I think under different circumstances, Madrid probably wouldn't have gone after Sisu, you know, if they would have probably been easier for them to just go get a coach, like any big name coach they wanted. We have the comments lighting up. Uh, Bill says hello, hi Bill. Ricardo says that Zidane quit. Uh, if things aren't going his way, he looks for a way out. He didn't have Ronaldo scoring 50 goals, so he ran out of Madrid like a dog. <laughs> Damn. Well, that was the first time. The second time, I think uh, they weren't going to guarantee him like um, big any big names. Yeah. The one they brought in and ended up being somewhat of a bust was the Hazard. Yeah. Hazard. Oh, he's been criticized heavily. I mean, after they got eliminated... Uh, by Chelsea, he went around, you know, laughing with his old ex, ex, you know, teammates and stuff, and they didn't like that. Well, then Chelsea used uses that money to build up their squad, and they go out and, and win they, the Champions. They ended League. up winning the Champions League. <laughs> it's like forty chess maybe, move. Maybe Chivas could do that with um, JJ Mack. Um, <laughs> just yeah, just throwing it out there. Uh, now that Ancelotti will be taking the reins again. 
for Real Madrid. Is oh, it's there, confirmed now? It's 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 happening. What if just throwing this out there? Maybe he likes to bring uh, one of his team, uh, his one of his players from Napoli, aka Irving Lozano, to replace the fat bastard Eden Hazard. You know, that would be really fun to see Chucky Lozano at, at Madrid back with his old coach. Yeah, well, who knows, man. Um, yeah, but I'll leave this uh, as far as the Ugo conversation. I'll leave, I'll leave it at this. Uh, they still like respect him so much over there in Spain, and uh, you know they speak highly of him. At one point, they were going through his highlight reel, and uh, I mean they showed the camera. And he was like teary eyed, man. He was he was crying almost, and he just they don't, yeah do the opposite in Max, man. They <laughs> yeah. attack him. They go after him pretty bad, even. Even the panelists at uh, Fútbol Picante. But yeah, man, the, the respect he gets in Spain is, is it's always win more. The I, I think like Mexico fans, they, they're too attached to Selección. And that's one of the main criticisms where they'll say he did nothing with the national team. And it's like, I think fans forget uh, the, nat- the national team back then when he was active. They didn't really play as many games as the team plays now, or even as many tournaments. He was part of that first Copa America participation, and they did make the final, and he, he was a part of that. You know, he played in 86, Quinto, Quinto Partido, uh, reached, I think he was in the under 20, first, what was it, under 20 FIFA championship, but I don't think it was called that. Hmm. Uh, they lost. It, it was way back because they they lost to Russia on penalties, but it it wasn't Russia. It was USSR. Oh wow! So, I mean, uh, Soviet Union. They had the hammer and sickle, but came close. Uh, I think that would have been massive. But I, I think you know he did some uh, good stuff. But you hear the criticisms, and you would think he sucked. Even as a coach, they say, "Oh no, he sucks." And it's like the winning the doblete with Pumas is not. Well, any team, for that matter, in Liga, I mean, it's not it's not an easy task, uh, you know. But I don't know. Fans just hate him. <laughs> That's Ricardo crazy. says that uh, when Alberto Medina, aka Benalo, was at Pachuca, he said that Hugo would just show the team his Madrid highlights. <laughs> <laughs> He's more motivator than hey, coach. For motivation. <laughs> hey, but you know, Can you imagine. I'm I'm not arguing that point. He's more of a coach, but you can't argue that he hasn't been successful as coach. Just having the doblete, even the third place at Copa America, yeah, that was massive third place win. I mean, they slaughtered Paraguay, and, and Tata Martino was coaching that Paraguay team. Paraguay, Uruguay. Beat Uru- no, no, no. He beat them like I don't know if it was in the group stage. Oh, you're talking about or, the group stage, or or in, or or in, during the during the um. All right. know, I'm pulling it up round. right now. Let's see. He he, but but they beat Uruguay for third place, and he, just those teams I'm mentioning, uh, that's th- those were some massive wins. We beat May, uh, Brazil two zero. Obviously, that was an iconic victory. The, Neri, the big, the big yeah. Neri, yeah. Ramon Morales the free kick as well, and then we beat Ecuador dos uno, and then we tied Chile zero uh, zero, and then in the quarterfinals we beat Paraguay six. Zero. Yeah, that was Tata's team. That big six zero win and I think Uruguay was the three three was it how much was it? They, huh? How much was how much was the Uruguay win? Uh we lose to Argentina three zero in the semis and then in oh, the and then in the third place match we beat Uruguay convincingly three one. Three one, three three. Okay. So I was, I was man, I forgot about that Argentina loss. Um but that was Mexico's, like in the history of Copa America participation, that's the highest scoring uh, Mexican team that's participated. That's a lot of goals, man. And and the biggest win, the big 6-0. And Paraguay, if, if we look at Paraguay, that's a team that, you know, it's they've always been tough, uh, defensively tough team. You never really uh, see them getting their asses handed to them that bad. It's, it's been a team that, that's been... Uh, 
one of the more consistent ones, even even going into World Cups and whatnot. Wow, Cardoso so, was still I, on that team. Interesting. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and dude, and Tata, Tata was coaching them. And so I'm saying, we we don't, I don't know why, man. Fans just they, they just like to hate on Hugo, but that Copa America in by itself, even if he was just showing them videos, <laughs> but, but you can't take away those results, and and that was massive, and it's it's. And and when Mexico does compete, if you could pull these results, people want to talk shit. Neri Castillo had four goals in that tournament. Wow. Ah, oh, that was that was the Neri that was making a stream, man. Uh, don't, don't open those. Don't open those old, old wounds. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, you know, um, uh, Venus Williams was talking about how. You know, like, hey, look, at the end of the day, like, all you guys are just press. You guys have never, like, even touched the ball. I played at a competitive level. So, I, you know, I drown out all your guys' criticisms. And I'm like, huh, that's a little Neddy Castillo, a little rant there, you know? Like, <laughs> I remember when Neddy did that, you know, iconic press conference and just called all the all the press out for being, for, for being haters and for finding anything to, you know... He was trying to stand up for the teammates, but um, yeah. it sort of backfired. Yeah, so let's see. What if I told you that you, that's right, you could be a 1% owner of Necaxa for a oh, starting bid at uh, $1.3 million in the form of a non-fungible token? No, I'm not trolling you guys. This is happening the investment group that has taken 50% stake of Necaxa, uh, people like Mesut Ozil, Kate Upton, Verlander. Uh, there's another, there's a lot of more. Uh, they decided that they're going to sell 1% stake of Necaxa. They're going to just auction it out to the internet. And uh, that happened, that, that was announced today, but then... Liga Mekis, uh, they responded and said that, nope, we're not going to allow you, a stranger to own 1% of Nekaxa. So they immediately shut it down. But, uh, yeah, what's going on, man? Seems like a whole money laundering scheme, if you ask me. No, nah, I think it's just promotion. I don't think it's laundering. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it's this group. I think if if we look at something similar... Uh, right here, you, you cross the border, LAFC, they got like a bunch of owners very similar with like celebrities and former sports stars. You have Will Ferrell, you have Magic Johnson, you have yeah. um, Tony Robbins and I think uh, Mia Hamm. Uh, Garcia Parra as well. Uh, the, yeah, uh, the husband. Well, yeah, Mia Garcia Parra and we have both wife, wife and us. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, so so a lot of those guys are like investors, but I mean that that's like, if if they have a good group managing the club, then there's nothing to worry about. So I think with with the investors, you could just use their pool to to bring in like, you know, to just court attention to the club. So I think uh, it's part of what they're trying to do. You know, I, I don't think they're money laundering. I just think they're trying to like. Just, I don't just, know, man. Create so news and whatnot. So, this is the little uh, screenshot from uh, the NFT site. And it said, established in 1943, it consists of 18 clubs which play two separate seasons, summer and winter. Uh, most popular sports league in Mexico, which has over 128 million people. Um, most watched soccer league in the U.S., dwarfing both Major League Soccer and the Premier League. With the most watched Liga MX game in 2020 drawing 2.5 million viewers on Univision, while the most viewed premier game was only 750,100 uh, viewers. Uh, it says Liga MX draws the largest crowds on average of any football league in the Americas and the third largest in, of any professional sports in North America, only behind NFL and MLB. Uh, it says recognized as the league where top talent is produced and sold to other markets with the 2020 season, seeing 10 top Liga Mekis players sales to MLS teams. 
Oh, and check this out. Minimum five-year hold on relegation starting in 2020 ensures consistent business model and long-term retention of value. So those were the big bullet points uh, for the investment group and for anyone that was interested in participating in this in this bid for the NFT. So, I mean, they're really dressing this up, man. They're they're really trying to hype up Liga Mekis and you know you could be an early investor. You know that's that's the whole <laughs> the whole pitch. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, we do have a, a, a large crowd here in, in the United States that watches Liga Mekis. And uh, I could see how that could lure some players, some celebrities to throw some money at at Liga Mekis. I just don't know if Nekaxa was the right team to start. But What's, I can say cheap. <laughs> I don't think it cost them that much money. Uh, so interesting what, what they're going to invest as far as like maybe facilities. Another stadium is fairly new, um, but you know, just facilities to have. But 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 again, I, I go with with you know before you you start thinking and and spying all this stuff is, I would say just having a good group that's going to manage it, that's going to bring in, you know, like like bring in the good the, the right coach and and know how to work the the mercado de piernas. You know, and, and the guy makes sometimes be quite brutal. Because so, I remember when uh, that was one of the problems that when uh, the Johan Croyd, the Grupo Croyd, came into Mex, and they couldn't they couldn't buy any players, man. They they went to the draft, and it's like no one would negotiate with them. Yeah. They 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 got like a. Who was it? Uh, Marquez Lugo, who was like damaged goods, but he ended up having some really good up, seasons. He ended up being before the, he he crashed, but uh, yeah, he ended up being the MVP man for our team. He was he came up he and did. saved us, man. Uh, yeah, he was on one leg though, man. Was... <laughs> Ricardo says that Necaxa investment looks too fishy, makes no sense. Also is using Nekaxa to watch his dirty Arsenal money. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. I don't even know. Is he still playing? Where is Mezudazio, man? Is he in the MLS? No, was he in like, Turkey or somewhere? Oh, he's at Fenerbahce. Wow, he's back in Turkey. I know he's technically German, but I think he has, like, yeah, his his. He's Turkish, yeah. His grandmother. His family, I think, yeah. He was born in in Germany. So we have quite a busy calendar for La Selección Mexicana. They are going to kick off things on Thursday in the Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado. They will be facing Costa Rica in the semifinal of the Nations League Something that I had completely forgotten about. I didn't even know this was going on. Uh, but I will be there. I'll be there on the sidelines taking photos for Cantina MX and Soccer Chronicles. So maybe uh, you'll catch me on TV. I know for the uh, Champions League and the LFC match, I was uh, I had my 15 seconds of fame over there. So keep an eye out for me. <laughs> wear, wear something so that uh, you could be recognized. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll have to figure it out. Maybe wear like a bright, a bright orange hat or something. Uh, but yeah, they play Costa Rica, and the final will be on Sunday. So the winner of that match will play the winner of USA versus Honduras. And you know there will be a third place match as well. So regardless, there will be two matches, uh, June third and June sixth. At the same time, the Olympic team will be kicking off their friendlies in preparation for the Olympics in Tokyo. They're going to be facing off against Romania and uh, KSA, which me and Joel, we were trying to figure out who that was. <laughs> well, you know what, what threw me off was because they changed their logo. They did. They're, not their logo, they're... they're... Their badge. Their badge, yeah. Uh, so um, that was the badge that was well KSA as well. The, the the abbreviation Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, but 
But I mean, I, I could pretty much recognize almost all of the badges. And this one was like, they were like an aguila, like a white eagle, just like the, just like the face. Yeah. And I was like, who's, who's, it kind of looked like a club, you know, like, <laughs> it looked more like a club than a national team. Yo, it took me uh, way too long to see that that was an eagle. Holy smokes. That's a, <laughs> quite an illusion. Oh, man. You need to take that Rorschach test. Wow, it's a soccer ball and an eagle, and like a palm, <laughs> is that like a palm tree? What is that? I don't even know what the t- yeah they they they've had palm trees. I think their old one had. That is a sick logo. I am not gonna lie, man. I just saw the eagle right now. Like, oh, I see it. I see it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got the Aztec calendar and a soccer ball. How boring. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's time for a facelift. You know, you look at Juventus. They did that uh, controversial logo change where it's like two J's. And uh, you've seen you've seen clubs change their logo all the time. This one from Mexico, it's outdated, man. It's it's time we, we switch it up, man. I would like to see a new logo. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The, the calendar thing is a bit played off. And it, it's like, it's not even, it's, it's not even like, you can't even tell that that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you think about our culture, our history, all the all the things that we have, you know, going with the Aztec calendar just seems kind of lazy. And then a soccer ball, like, enough of the soccer ball, man. Let's just get rid of it. You know, other countries don't have the soccer ball in their logo. They got, like, lions. Look at Wales has, like, a dragon. I don't know what sport it is. A dragon? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you look at countries like England, they got the three lions. You got Wales with, like, dra- yeah. with a dragon. Like, come on, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're heralds. Heraldry. I'm just like, um, yeah, man. We should put. Uh, well, well, it was the from the flag. It's the 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 eagle, you know, eating the snake. Yeah, that's so fine. It could be maybe something like that. We it's can redesign. At this point, I'll take the the something out of the loteria cards, like el borracho. Like I'll take that one. That one's el cool. <laughs> that would work for Chiva. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> Say, like, hey, we've had plenty of borrachos. With a goat head. Hey, I'm going to grab one before it gets canceled. There's, there's some stuff there that it, it won't There it, is some, there is some sketchy. It uh, won't pass now. Yeah. We'll get mine before it, it, it gets updated. And, and oh, man. PC. It's going to get canceled pretty soon, some of the Loteria cards. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know, um, it's time to to, uh, to g- start thinking about the Olympics, start thinking about Copa uh, Oro, um, and, you know, hopefully have some favorable results so we get seeded in the World Cup. So I'm actually hoping that, you know, Mexico come out to play in the Nations League. They had a warm-up game over the weekend against Iceland. Uh, they were actually struggling against this very tight defensive team. And uh, an own goal from Edson Machin Alvarez had Mexico behind. And it wasn't until Tata made some substitutions. He brought in HH. He brought in Chucky Lozano. And immediately, I mean immediately, impacted the team. And Chucky Lozano scored two goals five minutes apart. Very, very beautiful cross from HH. And uh, Mexico end up winning the match, uh, two one. So I'm excited. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think he's he's um, Tata wants that that trophy, man. I, I think uh, he's he's called in the best players he could. So I think he's he's taking yeah. it very serious. Hector Herrera. Oh, yeah, uh, Hector Herrera was a uh, champion with Atleti, so congratulations to him, and yeah, uh, go ahead with the birthdays. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have it. Oh, <laughs> I don't have the, you know, the... I'm going to, uh, this, this is going to go back to the conspiracy theory that they're out to get Chicharro because today is his birthday. Happy birthday to Javier Hernandez, our all-time leading goal scorer. <laughs> and for some reason, uh, this FMF, calendar schedule thing does not have his birthday in there 
<laughs> they they, oh, they completely I... just erased him from the national team, man. Was today's his birthday or was it yesterday? It's today. Today's his birthday. Oh, damn. I know. That is cold-blooded. I did not... I did not even. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, he got canceled. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm like, this is dirty. This is wrong, man. I I knew about it because the Manchester United and the Premier League started to tweet out because they're you know they're eight hours ahead, and I'm like, wow, man. I didn't even know it was his birthday. I had forgotten, but. Yeah, it's today, June 1st. He's 33 years old. And, uh, you know, I know he's had his ups and downs. He's had a lot of, you know, it kind of reminds me of Ugo, you know, where he's our most successful player, at least in my lifetime, um, that I've seen, you know, from growing up and all that until now. And Well, not... you didn't see Rafa Marquez? Well, I guess Rafa Marquez too, but, you know, it's he's a striker. So, but I, I will say... It's Hugo Sanchez number one, Rafa Marquez number two, and Javier Hernandez number three as far as all time greats for for Mexico. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's. I feel like once he's gone, like once he retires, we're we're gonna like appreciate him because I don't I don't think anyone's gonna get close to that goal streak anytime soon. We thought it was gonna be Raúl Jiménez, but he's now Humpty Dumpty. Unfortunately, he cracked his his head, so I don't know if. He'll be able to catch up to to Javi, and I just don't see anybody coming anytime soon, man. Um, I mean, well, I mean, it remains to be seen. You know, he's probably not. He hasn't really been playing, so he's obviously not match fit. So I don't think that they left him out. It probably wasn't so much because he can't. You know, maybe because he's not ready, and. And he probably doesn't want to like interfere with his club career, so I, I probably think that they just brought him in just to see how he's doing. Um, yeah, maybe help motivate him a bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count him out just yet. I wouldn't put the seat in us. You know, I think next season starts and he's not playing, then I would. At that point, I'll be like, all right, that's it. You know. Uh, we have Reese Romo. His birthday is this month. Diego Lainez, who was inspired against Iceland. He was probably the best player, to be honest. And then uh, Cordoba, Eric Gutierrez, and El Machín Álvarez. And then it's Father's Day. So it's it's going to be a very busy month for Mexico. Uh, matches for preparation, matches for the Olympics. And we have, of course, we have some haters Man, Ricardo's on one today. He's saying that uh, Chicharito <laughs> is washed. Mexico needs to find a nine. All those goals were against Gonca trash teams, <laughs> which I disagree. I know, you know, they look at Chicharito's goals like, oh, he scored against some. No, man, he scored against Spain. He scored against Italy. He scored against uh, France. He scored against Argentina. He scored against big, big nations. And in the World Cup, you know, he scored against France at the World Cup. He scored four goals in our World Cup, and uh, he's tied Luis Hernandez as as far as the all-time uh, goal scorer in, in World Cups with four, so they're both tied. So uh, beat that. Yeah, and if he goes, if he goes, he could be the all-time. You know, if 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 it's it's yeah, I mean, there's the. I, you know, I actually think that he could probably squeeze in. I know everybody wants him out, and no, he's going to be 34, you know. But, I mean, we brought Oribe Peralta to the World Cup, and he was old. And it's like, come on. You want to bring in – he's he's a perfect player to bring in for a World Cup because he he's not going to be the starter, but he can come off the bench. He can score a goal in the late minutes, you know. Like, he he'll, he'll be back to his, like, super sub – you know, roll and it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt to have that coming off the bench, uh, especially with you know the sort of tragedy tragedy we're having right now. And we don't have Raúl, and you know, Macias isn't really living up to the hype. 
Uh, and that really doesn't leave us with too many options, to be honest. Uh, someone always pops up, man. <laughs> there's, I hope there's so. There's always someone. When, it, when you least expect it, there's... Yeah. There's, like Uribe, remember Uribe just sort of to the selection came out of nowhere. Eduardo Aguirre, man, from Santos, he's had a really good, good run. He's kind of been the revelation of of the tournament. Him and uh, Santiago Munoz. So hopefully they can continue to score goals with Santos, or you know maybe they'll come to Chivas. Who knows? Uh, there's rumors that you know Chivas are after a few players. We'll have to see if if anything happens. What else is on the docket tonight, Joel? Let me see. What do we have? I think we covered it all. Necaxa, Hugo, Cruz Azul. That's basically it. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Ricardo says, Chivas always with the rumors, but never with the money. That is kind (laughs) of true. I think Chivas yeah. still owe money, and at this point, they're looking at trade players for players. You know, they're not going to be buying cash. Well, yeah, one thing that has hurt not just Chivas, but a lot of clubs has been, you know, that they haven't been able to play friendly games here in the U.S. Uh, I'm not sure if they, if that's going to start, but you know, before they would come and they do a, a mole tour, come and play four or five games in preseason and. That would put some nice, nice change in their pocket, and so not being able to do that, I, I know that that's been taking a hit. Holy smokes! It looks like it's official. San Luis is about to become Club de Cuervos. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree. I like if I like. I think that's a good idea. Hey man, you gotta make a stink. You got you know everybody already knows that name. It's it's recognized at a global scale, and I mean no one really cares about San Luis, so I could I can well, understand. What about the fans in the city? I mean, they're named San Luis after the the city where they're at. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, right now it's about what makes you the most money. You know what's marketable, and I mean San Luis doesn't they- really have a. Have like a nickname or, or a mascot, do they? Oh man, that one I could think of. Like it was I just, mean, I guess if, it was just San Luis like football club, right? It wasn't like San Luis like oh, they were tunas, right? We were talking about that tuneros. <laughs> I was thinking of a little fish, but I think that's that's the that was Dorados de Sinaloa, and they had like yeah, a shrimp Dorados. or something. <laughs> I think like a. Like yeah, the man. Camarones, man. <laughs> Their nickname was Tuneros. So yeah, that's a dumbass name. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you I blame them? Kidding. Can you blame them? Nah, for, I, I, you know, tuna. Yeah, I guess if if <laughs> if uh, I'm pretty sure they're gonna keep San Luis and it's gonna be Cuervos de San Luis or something like that. Well. I mean the we talked about this on the last podcast. Like the guy that bought him, he owns the name of Club de Cuervo. So I mean it was it was bound to happen. We'll see, man. You know I would actually like them to. I, I don't know if they'll change their colors, but imagine like them wearing black and stuff. Because there's not too many teams. I don't think there's any team in Mexico right now, Liga Mekis, that uses no? uses black. Yeah, black and white. Yeah, uh, like Juventus kind of. No, they're they're. I think it was some team named ADO or something, from way way back. But yeah, no, no, there's there hasn't been, there hasn't been. Uh, closest you get is Atlas black and red. Yeah. But but I mean, are they they're changing the colors too? Huh? I mean, it sounds like they're gonna change everything. You know. Or maybe at least for one one home, one away, like when they were Atletico. Good news for Santiago Jimenez. He will be 
called up last minute to the Olympic team, which is well-deserved. He was a huge, huge part of that championship side with Cruz Azul. Imagine playing for a club and you weren't able to win the championship and then you're like, fuck it, I'll have a kid and he'll try and win it. And then his kid does it, man. That's that's crazy. <laughs> he already had the kid. Um, oh. but, and then there's there's um, Abreu's son. It's also he's also been in the picture, mm-hmm. but I think he's I don't think he's been called up for any tournaments. But he's been called up to the national team. Huh? Uh, the, the youth, the youth teams. Yeah, I know he was fiddling around, but I think he kind of just fell fell off a little bit. But yeah, man, it's official. Club de Cuervos. Wow, that is that is crazy. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all we have for everyone tonight. I love the YouTube comments tonight. Thank you guys for being so active. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. We'll be again on the sidelines on Thursday. Cantina MX Soccer Chronicle. I'll be there taking photos of La Selección Mexicana in the Nations League. So we're very excited to share you guys all that. Seems like we have some last-minute jabs in the comments <laughs> section. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about Femenil too much. I know Tigres beat Chivas pretty decisively 5-2. And they're they're the what they're the four four championships, so they're like the the campeonissimas, I guess, of femenil. Yeah. And then and then I think it's America, Chivas, and uh, what's it Monterrey with one each. Seven. So they're going on like ten years. I keep forgetting how long that that league's been around. I don't know, man. Like twenty fifteen. With seven, so this this would I think this is the seventh. I actually don't know when it started. I don't pay attention. Oh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, so they just have their fourth title. Uh Chivas have just one? Wow. Okay. Uh Ricardo was asking about Joao Malek. Joao Malek, oh, yes. he, uh, from what I've known, he's back. He's playing. He he did his jail time, uh, but he's playing for Cafesa Jalisco, which, which is... is owned by Grupo Orlegi. Oh, who owns Santos. So and they're I, I, they're in the third division. Yeah, they're probably trying to see how he bounces back. I mean, we have to imagine that he killed two people or was responsible for killing them how it probably messed with him mentally or maybe it didn't. It could be sociopath, man. <laughs> Who knows? But you, you, you know, that's part of it. And, and then also kind of get him out of the public. But I think as soon as he appears, there are probably still going to be some, uh, what do you call it? Pe- people are going to remember the, the, the media is going to remember. Oh, of course. They're probably just hoping it would kind of go away. Cause, and we've discussed it here. It's happened with other, you know, players like Ramon Ramirez. He he was involved in something similar, where he was in a car crash and it killed yep. and it killed people, and it sort of went away, like like you know. Uh, but I guess I guess the fact that this dude was drunk, and then it, but at the same time it was like he's a young kid, and it's like not that it makes it right, but it's not like he was he was um. He, was, he did something. He was being malicious. So uh, some of that bad luck and just bad mistakes on his part. Right? But I guess they're hoping that it, it won't. If if he does get back in the spotlight, it won't. You know the the that cloud won't be as as big. You know, and it would it would probably go away fairly soon. Well, I don't think it's gonna go away. Let, let me let me reframe that. I don't think that's ever going away, but but that at least at least they won't become like a 
you know, it, it's not something that is going to keep being brought up over and over. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I forgot the name of, because uh, Ricardo saying that, oh, they want Joao Malek to go back to Chivas so he could be the first uh, uh, black player for Chivas, but we, oh, we've, yeah. al- we've already had one. Probably been two, I think. Yeah. Uh, ¿cómo se llama? I forgot uh, his name. Eduardo Isela and his parents were, one of his parents, I think, were from Honduras, but he was born in Mexico. And so Isela played with Chivas. And uh, he was, I got to see him, actually. He was, he was pretty good. And then when Ojitos, this was when Ojitos was national team coach, and he took him to the Selección, and, but he only played like three games. Yeah. Um, but he was, he had a, you know, he's one of those players that kind of, they're around, but then people kind of forget that they're there. He got called up to the national team. He uh, has one cap. Yeah. And, and but that was one of them. And I forget the name of the other dude, but this dude was like, like way before my time. Man. I was like in the seventies. Got a weird name. I'm gonna have to go to the archives and, and dig it up <laughs> for the next pod. And, and we could, we could, uh, because there was like, like some, and I'm probably giving ammo to the Chihuahua haters. <laughs> I was saying that that was the dude where Chihuahuas broke the tradition of only Mexican. Oh. Yeah, and then this dude, and I think, because I think he was born in the U.S., so I think you could have been mixed. Ah, man, I have to. I think, I ah, to man, yeah. We had talked about this before. That's why you got to listen to the podcast, guys. We we talk about this stuff. We didn't mention that dude, though. Yeah. But that's going too far back. But we did mention some of the, some of the pochos that had been there. But, <laughs> yeah, as far as black, there's only one I know of that played. There's not too many. I don't think Gio would join. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we sign off. And this is from the source, Fabricio Romano. If you guys don't know who he is, follow him on Twitter. He has all the rumors. He talks to all the agents. It seems like Fiorentina has made clear intentions to sign Tecatito. So we'll see if he ends up going to Fiorentina. He would be the second Mexican to play for that club. Carlos Salcedo had a spell there, but he wasn't successful. Uh, I'm not too animated about Mexicans in in La Calcio. Uh, We haven't had a really good outing out there, but I know Chucky Lozano did turn things around with Gato, Gattuso. Unfortunately, Gattuso got fired, so uh, he will not be coaching Napoli anymore. We'll see what that looks like for for Lozano, his future. But uh, I don't know, man. I think Tecatitos had a great run over there in Porto, and he was the MVP of the league last year. It's like, I mean, you look at Achiache, look at Herrera, he left. He went to Atletico to be a bench warmer. So not necessarily – I mean, he ended up being a champion, but he didn't really have too much of a big part in that championship run. So I would have much rather him stayed in Porto and – been the captain and won some more silverware and get consistent playing time every single game because that's more important in my book. Wait, I I found a dude, but I don't I can't find his picture, but this guy, uh Wintilo Wintilo Lozano. How do you I spell that? Wintilo, like when and then T I L O. And he's born in Arizona. But uh Wintilo Lozano? There you go, yes. But I can't find his picture. Wow. But I think there could be another one. Uh but I think that's that Yeah, there's no nothing. <laughs> there's like some old black and white pictures, but I had seen some and he kinda looked like it looks like Melvin you know? Brown. Kind of, so <laughs> no, what's going on? Some dude went over there, but I think, like, I think his dad might have been, or his 
Yeah, his dad was Mexican. He was just born. Nació en Yuma, Arizona. Huh. Yeah, we got nothing. This guy was, was born in the wrong era. <laughs> Damn. He lived a long time, man. He was born in 1919, died in 2009. If that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's like 90 years, man. Yeah, 1919. He had a good run. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, you got any closing thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, man. Leave leave Hugo alone. <laughs> he's, he's gone through a lot. No, I, I think uh, uh, even even if you don't like the guy, uh, he's, he's still you know you have to give him credit. He's 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 uh, he's achieved plenty. It's not easy to get what a lot of the stuff that he's managed to. Even even if it's as motivator, you know. Uh, the fact that he has that doblete and, and other titles he got with Pumas, it's, it's, you know, still remarkable. Yes. Got a special, special guest closing us out tonight, Cristian Castro, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Good night. ¿Qué está pasando? Esto no está muy bien Todos pensaban que sucedería otra vez Debe ser broma, en serio, ya bien Es cierto, no lo soñé Cruz Azul Toda la vida de ti me burlé Ya no era ni divertido verte perder Y no la Cruz Azuleaste esta vez El Santos fue el único güey Por fin quedó campeón el pinche Cruz Azul La neta ya era justo pues pobre afición Fue demasiado fuerte